Look, Sister Bear! Hooray, hooray! The big kite contest is today! Yes, Brother Bear, I see, that's right. But we can't go. We have no kite. No kite? No kite? Now do not worry. I can make one in a hurry. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and today we are discussing a book that I kind of don't like, and then I kind of do like it, and it's about a lot more things than I was really prepared to think about, so it's going to be kind of a weird mishmash of subjects and ideas and thoughts. Uh, what else is new, I guess? We are discussing the Berenstain Bears and the Big Red Kite, another selection from the Berenstain Bears Cub Club. Look, Ma, I'm reading. It's that book series that came in the mail full of books you don't really remember. They're not the greatest Berenstain Bear books, but they were plentiful, they were multiple, and they were rewritable, which means that after this book came out in 1992, some years went by, Mike Berenstain got a call for more Berenstain Bears property, and 2010's The Berenstain Bears do Their Best came out, published by Zonder Kids, part of their Living Lights series, which is like last week's A Cub Club book rewritten with some God in it. And we're going to take a look at both of these books. We're going to take a look at the themes. We're going to take a look at the differences. Which one works better? Does it work theologically? The answer may surprise you. First, the Berenstain Bears and the Big Red Kite. Let's talk about the Berenstain Bears and their obsession with kites. There's no fewer than four Berenstain Bears books about kites. We already covered one. The Berenstain Bears... Go Fly a Kite, I think it was called. It was one of the little tiny, I think, McDonald's-y books. The tiny little little books. Papa Bear flew a kite, somehow got attached to the car or something. I don't really remember what happened in it. It was a long time ago. I think it was the episode where I tried to cover four books at once, and it's all a blur. It's all a major blur. But later on, there's another book about flying a kite. It's the Berenstain Bears, I think, We Love Kites, or Heck Yes, We're All About the Kites, something like that. But this book, The Berenstain Bears and the Big Red Kite, very simple plot. Deceptively simple plot, the Berenstain Bears and the Big Red Kite. Let's take a look at what happens in this book. Just superficially, what happens? Okay, so the brother bear and sister bear see a posting on a tree that says the Big Kite Contest is happening that day in bear country. And Papa Bear says, hey, I can help you build a kite. I know you don't have one. So he, and he does. He uses his ingenuity, his crafting skills. He uses wood and material and fashions Pretty much a storybook kite. It's big, it's red, it's shaped like a diamond. It is a quintessential cartoon kite. This is an actual thing, held together by string and good luck, and he's all ready to take the cubs to the contest when Mama Bear stops him and says, wait, you can't fly that thing. It won't even make it up into the air. And Papa says, why? And she says, because it has no tail. So Mama Bear goes inside, comes out with the bed sheet, tears it in half, makes a beautiful tail for the kite. They take it to the contest. They are immediately mocked by the participants and the judge because their kite is so plain and so ordinary. The other kites there are box kites and animal kites. There's fox kites and political kites. There's kites of all shapes, sizes, and colors. And the people say your kite is too plain. It's too clunky. It will never fly. It's certainly not going to win this contest. But the bears persevere. They work hard. They get their kite up in the air. Suddenly, 
gale force winds come through. Their kite is the only one that can survive the wind. All the other kites smash to the ground. The bears win by default, I guess. That's how you win it. I don't know any a kite. I don't know how kite contests work. I guess you just whoever last man standing. I guess that's just the way they work. They get the trophy. They bring it home. Mama says, "You did your. You 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 worked really hard. You did your best. You won the kite contest." The end. That's the Berenstain Bears and the Big Red Kite. They they build a kite. They fly the kite. The kite stays up. They win a contest. Uh, there's some subtle moments in it, though. Uh, surprisingly enough, there are, upon thinking about it, there are aspects of this story that dig really deep into the Berenstain Bears' uh, psychology and the way the family works and the the the, the bear family as a unit. And I, it's 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 something very poignant and somewhat profound when you think about it. So Papa Bear. So brother and sister are at a loss. They want to accomplish this thing. They, they want success. They want the joy of, of participating in a contest, but they don't have what they need. And so Papa gives them what they need. And what he is able to provide is a kite built by his own crafting and ingenuity. And it is a solid piece of, of work. It is sturdy and uh, strong. It is functional. It's not fancy, but it it is the idea, the concept in your head of what a kite is. And he is able to produce that with his own skill uh, without asking for help. He is able to create an the ultimate competent kite. It is strong and it is able to withstand the 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 the, the, the torrential winds, if that's the word I'm looking for, the uh, to being buffeted about uh, above this earthly plane. It is it is able to weather the storm. However, it would not be able to without the contribution of Mama. And what does Mama provide? She tears a bedsheet in half. She she tears asunder a symbol of of, of domestic tranquility. She sacrifices uh, one of her signifying possessions, something that makes her Mama, in order to provide stability and balance. That is what a a a, a kite's tail does it, it it stabilizes the kite balances the kite so it's not enough that the kite is strong and well made and able to withstand the wind able to you know able to to stand the buffeting winds it also has to have something holding it still something stabilizing it and giving it a sense of balance and to me that is way more than the books usually even go into you would think this is it like this is a great theme if 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 they were to go back to this book and write a a a religious version of this book you have got your base right here strength and stability coming from the hearth coming from the parents the papa providing the the framework the mama providing the core that's you can probably justify that build that up with a million different bible verses you can have you can have a, a wonderful examples of how that is reflected back on the bears within their home you can tack on an ending where you see that Papa provides the 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 strong outside of the family, while Mama provides the the balanced core of the family. You can go in all kinds of directions with that if you want to expand this into some kind of religious religious story for kids. And surprisingly enough, they didn't do that in 2010. That's not the direction Mike Berenstain went when it was time to to redo the Big Red Kite. That's not what he did. Um, but before we get into that, stick a pin in that. I want to talk about kites real quick. Let's talk about kites, baby. Let's talk about K-I-T-E. 
as kites in the sky. Kites in the sky. What is so great about kites? Kites are weird. They're a strange hobby. And I don't know why the Berenstains are so obsessed with them. Maybe it's just one of those things. They are more popular than, say, like hoop, hoops and sticks or ball, ball and cups, cup and balls. But other than that, they are a weird hobby. There are very few, there are very few interests, hobbies, games, etc. in the world that where the object of the hobby, the, the physical, the noun of the hobby, the thing, actively attempts to prevent you from participating in the activity. Like if you were building a ship in a bottle, and that's not an easy thing to do, building a ship in a bottle. I've never done it because it's not easy to do. But if you're building a ship in a bottle and you have all the little pieces and you're putting them into the bottle, it's hard. It takes a steady hand and a lot of practice and know-how. But you're you're sticking the pieces together within the bottle. The pieces aren't like grabbing the, the mouth of the bottle as you try to put. They're not like actively forcing themselves back out of the bottle. Like if you are if you're dancing, if you're like, I want to learn to dance. And dancing is hard. It takes a lot of years of skill and practice. But the the floor isn't literally trying to push you off the floor like there's not like the like you aren't like oh you're not a good ballet dancer that's why the floor is undulating under you like that and and whipping you into the air like the floor that 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 does not happen like if you're outside playing baseball the ball the bat isn't turning to rubber in your hands or football you're you're like you're not trying to catch the, the ball isn't like always turning into always growing blades when you try to catch it that's not happening but Flying a kite is like that. Like, you are actively fighting against the thing you're trying to have fun with. Like, it hates doing what you want it to do. You you are building something that is in direct defiance of, of nature. You're like, let's, let's, hey, using only my arts and craft abilities, I will create a thing that will defy gravity, that will spit in the face of physics, that will ride the very air that is attempting to push it back down to the ground kites hate flying if you've ever flown a kite they are a nightmare and i know that there's huge kite festivals all over the world and they're they're big and they're popular and you see thousands of kites flying i think that they started those kites like decades ago and that they've just left them up there because if there's one thing that kites hate doing it's going up in the air i just think flying kites is weird like Already, like as soon as the cubs are like, let's go fly, Papa, Papa, the kite flying contest is today. Like the inappropriate response would be like, ha, 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 let's go to the mall and do something else, kids. Okay, okay. Or like, Papa, Papa, look, okay, the big kite contest is today. That's very good. You've got chores to do. We're also going to go visit your grandpa too. Like that's, that's an appropriate response. Like anything but kites, anything but kites. I'll go inside and put on these tights. I'll dance around in my bare underwear. Anything to keep from going over there. And he's like pointing at the kites because it's a terrible thing to do. But that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to make that point about kites because, oh boy, are they an aggravating thing to try to do, especially with a child because you just kind of have to run with them and then they go up in the air and then in 30 seconds they're back down on the ground. Like that's it. That's it. Like it's kind of like his meta. You could have written an entire book about life and just use the fact that kites don't fly ever as as an example of like and things are going up and now they're crashing back down again and no matter how hard you try to keep things up it always smashes back down to the ground and yes i know charlie brown kind of touched on this a lot in his days but they haven't been printing charlie browns in a while so we've got the bears and that's what i'm talking about so the big red kite 
Mike Berenstain didn't go with the family metaphor when it came to rewriting this book. Instead, and I understand that, he's not going to, He the whole point of rewriting these books for Zonder Kids was that he didn't have a lot of time to write a whole new book. So you take a cub club buck, you slap on some biblical quotes, you throw in a God here, a God there, and you change the whole meaning of the book. And in, what, but... Remember what happened last week? I was pleasantly surprised by what happened. Well, let's take a look at the Berenstain Bears do their best. Now, the Berenstain Bears do their best begins with a dedication, which goes, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and your plan will succeed. And that's Proverbs 16, 3. Now this, the way the Berenstain Bears do their best switches up the Berenstain Bears and the Big Red Kite. It's almost the same, it's the same exact illustrations, almost the same exact story, but they add a few things. Um, so, like when when Papa Bear says that like, oh, yeah, I can, like, I can build a kite, they tack on a line where he's like, uh, thanks to the special talents that God gave me. And you're like, oh, okay, well, okay, well, he's doing that thing that like Moses forgot to do, where he like, thanks God for having the ability to do what he's going to do. He doesn't even thank God. He just acknowledges that there is a God and that he did this thing. Um, There's also a line in the book that originally said, run, Papa, run. Papa's trying to fly the kite, and the cubs are saying, run, Papa, run. Do your stuff. There is some wind, but not enough. And then Papa gets the kite up in the air. They change those lines to run, Papa, run. Have faith. Be tough. But our hope and prayer going to be enough. We're we're altering the focus of the book. Like the Berenstain Bears and the Big Red Kites, the original story, the text, its meaning is a little obscure. So you have Papa and the Cubs have built their own kite, and they get to the kite contest. They get made fun of because their kite is... It looks home. It's homemade, and it's not fancy. It's not political. It's not a, an animal kite. It's not. It's nothing. It's just a kite. And everyone says it's not going to fly. It's not fancy enough. It's not going to win this contest. We don't really know what the contest is about. But in any case, and in the end, all the other kites break, and there's wins. the The other bears, the other com- competitors, are jerk, like being jerks. But we don't know how hard they were. I, one of them is flying a box kite, and a box kite is a legitimate form of kitery. Like you, the box kites have existed for I, I think, centuries. I don't know how far back kites go, but kite you always like bo- box kites are not unused. Like oh, it's not like oh, look at the fancy box. Like, a box kite is a thing. Like it's a le- it's a legit kite, and the other kites like dragon kites are common. Like that's a thing. Like kites that look like dragons and kites with words written on it. Like that's not even like a different kind of kite. That's just a kite with words written on it. Like some of them are a little like curved or whatever, but they're not like, just because they're not diamonds doesn't mean that they're like anything really out of the ordinary. Um, the only thing you can really th- assume then is that these kites were built to look good, but not to kite good. We don't know that though. Like we're never told like these kites were fancy and cheaply made or these kites were fancy but thrown together. Like, we just know that the owners are jerks. Like, and so they get their comeuppance, I guess. But Papa, it like Papa didn't necessarily do anything better than they did. He just kept it simple. That's it. And the lesson at the end is you 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 toughed it out, I guess. Like you made something strong. But because we're not given that contrast, it's a Berenstain Bear thing where like I notice it throughout the books where like 
you're not given enough information about the other side of the story to really make a judgment. Like, you know what the judgment's supposed to be. Like, hooray, Papa and the Cubs did the thing. But you don't really understand what the other side did wrong other than being jerks. And if they hadn't been jerks, then what would where would we be? If they were like, hey, nice kite. Wow, you don't see many of those these days. And then everyone's crashed. Like, then what? Is there a lesson? Like, I don't know. What the Berenstain Bears do their best has managed manages to do is add a, 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 a meaning. So I can't read my own writing. Uh, oh, so there's this there's this added passage. But we believed in Papa's skill, and our faith in God's help is stronger still. It's a new passage. There's also a new passage. So the original passage said, "Big Red has won, fair and square. Congratulations, Papa Bear." And then they've added this passage. It said, "You believed. You did your best." And that took Red higher than the rest. Okay? And then at the very end of the book, they go home, and the original ending was, uh, you know, we won fair and square. Mama says, you passed a very important test. You didn't quit. You did your best. The new version says that, but then it ends, Papa, brother, and sister, you are very blessed. So, also, there's some weird stuff with past tense and present tense that contradicts itself, and they don't fix that, I noticed. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um... There's a lot, there's all these acknowledgements. And if you notice, like there's not, like in the last book we reviewed, Mama sits there quoting scripture. Like she's literally quoting scripture. In this book, there's none of that. There's Papa saying like, I'm going to use the talents God gave me. And then most of the rest of it is just have faith. We'll hope and prayer get us through this. Uh, we believed in Papa's skill and our faith in God's help is stronger still. Um, you know, you believed and uh, you're very blessed. They're, they're somewhat nonspecific. What we're seeing is a rewrite of the story, a slight rewrite of the story that is attempting to show us, and I'm using the example from Proverbs at the beginning, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and your plan will succeed, seems to be implying that if you have faith in God, you, not you will succeed. This isn't, this isn't God helps those who, helps the, who help themselves. That's not, it doesn't seem to be entirely what they're saying. We don't see God in action in the book. This, this is about, this is about faith. And it's interesting that there's quotes from Proverbs because this doesn't follow Proverbs style. Proverbs is a lot about, uh, a lot of the quotes from Proverbs, and, and again, Proverbs is divided into like four sections. There's, uh, there's proverbs that directly contradict one another because it, you know, it was written, it's, it's pulled from different sources. But the gist of a lot of what Proverbs is saying in the section where this quote was taken from is is uh, is very didactic in uh, in its view of like the give and take of man versus God. Like do this and you won't get this. Don't do this and this will happen. The inscription in the beginning of the book implies that there's a, it's a little more nebulous, but Proverbs kind of lays out a lot of black and white rules. But I don't think this book is actually saying what Proverbs, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plan will will succeed, is really saying. I, this book, the book itself is more using faith in God as a means of inspiring you to stick with what you're doing. Or like it never says like the kite flew because God willed it. It's just saying that like the kite flew and we were able to to to, to stay up in the air simply because we had the, the strength of our faith. Uh, we knew it would work, 
and we we saw it work. But it doesn't negate Papa's skills. Like Papa still uses his talents that that he says God gave him. He still uses the talents in his own hands to build a kite. And Mama still had the idea to to create the tail. And the cubs still saw the sign on their own accord. And there's no implication that the other people flying kites were any had any less faith than the Berenstain Bears. Like they. It doesn't say like, and then we came upon the heathens flying the kites above the ground. Like, there's none of that. Like, these people weren't like, there comes those, there comes that bear family with their faith in God. Like, there's none of that. It's just, you're not seeing that the people, the people still didn't do anything wrong. But because we're given these specific moments of the bear's faith, we no longer need to see that the other people did anything wrong. It's more about, the strength that the Bear family finds from this faith in God. So the theme from the big the themes from the original Big Red Kite seem to be a family needs strength and the ability to weather any storm, but it also needs balance and stability. Uh, it's not enough just to be strong. You also have to be stable. And that's that seems to me to be the, the theme of the Big Red Kite. Those themes could have been used for religious interpretation. I believe that there's certainly enough content in the Bible to to support the notion of that, at least if you pull enough stuff out of context. But the Berenstain Bears do their best. Mike Berenstain went with a different interpretation, which is that the big red kite, to, to him, he chose to, to focus on the fact that the bears stuck to it and did their best, which is why, I guess, why the, he called the new one the Berenstain Bears do their best. Because that's what they do. Except he added on to it the notion that they did their best, but acknowledged where their strength came from, I guess. I, it doesn't quite hold together for me, but it's not a weak position. It's, it's, like if I read this book to a child, because it's not a God helps those who help themselves, a quote which is not from the Bible, by the way, that's not a biblical quote, nor is it Benjamin Franklin. But the, the, the theme of, of God helps those who help themselves, that goes way back. So Sophocles uh, said that, uh, that the, the heavens never help the man who will not act. Like that's, that's an old notion. Uh, and it can be interpreted so many different ways. You know, it could be that like, God's not going to, the God or the gods aren't, aren't going to step in and do anything for you until they see you put in a little effort. It could mean that, like, if you do the work, that is simply God working through you. It could mean that. It could mean that uh, those who are unable will never receive help. That's one of the big controversial aspects of it is because uh, because one of, the, one of the tenets of Christianity is that God helps those who cannot help themselves. Like that's one of the, like that's a core, a core belief that there are the, the, the meek, the, the, the unfortunate who are, who are without the ability to help themselves and that God will step in and help those who are helpless. Like that's a huge part of, 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 of the, 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 the fundamental joy of Christianity is, is the notion that you are not alone, that you are not, you are never helpless. There's always a, a higher power there to help you. So the notion that God helps those who help themselves can seem a little cruel or heartless or, or contra to what, counter to what the, the, the latter part of the Bible, the, uh, the Jesus part of the Bible seems to be saying. So, which again is why I am not surprised at all that so far we've only seen Mike pulling from the Old Testament, uh, 
the the uh, the 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 book of rules and and writ and law and pithy sayings. Uh, Papa is not uh, pulling uh, parables out of the air. Mama is not quoting uh, from Acts. She's quoting from Proverbs, and that's fine. Proverbs are, for want of a better word. Proverbs. That's what they do. They're meant to be. It's it's the part of the Bible that's kind of meant to be picked apart, like cherry picked a little bit. You can cherry pick proverbs more or less. Like that's allowed. That's that's you're not doing the wrong thing. In fact, proverbs is like the opposite of that. It's like look at all these cherry picked ideas. Let's put them together in a in a, in a big book, and never you know, people can use it as they see fit. So that, that makes sense. But I again, I don't think that the Berenstain Bears do their best is saying God helps those who help themselves. I think it's saying. I think it's saying, if you don't forget that your strength ultimately comes from a power greater than you, then it will increase your strength exponentially. Like, it's, I don't quite know how to make it fit together as a philosophy, because it doesn't always make sense. It's a little internally contradictory. You can't see what I'm doing with my hands, but I'm doing all kinds of uncomfortable gestures because I can't quite make it fit together. If if you have the strength, then your faith will supply more strength. But you have to have had the strength in the first place, or you don't have to have the strength in the first place, or the abilities. Moses wasn't allowed into the land of milk and honey because he was we don't know. Like, it's vague. Like, the rabbis have been arguing about this for quite a while now. Uh, why was Moses? It's like, uh, there's the promised land. Oh, sorry, you're dead in 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 the Moses story. And what yeah, he says is because when, you know, you did the thing with the stick and the rock and you took the credit for what I did. And Moses is like, but I led the people for so many decades. What? Oh, well, I guess that makes sense. And then the rabbis and the st- scholars are like... Okay, well, we can, we, can, we can make up some expanded universe stuff to to describe this or explain this. Or, like, maybe it came from, like, an older tradition where, like, the, the Moses character was more of a who knows. But the point of it, the point that a lot of people bring is you just, you could be the most awesome, amazing person in the world, but you got to acknowledge where you get your power from. You got to acknowledge where you get your strength from. And rather than Mike Berenstain, like, having Papa say, like, look at this awesome kite I built, and then get, like, struck down by a bolt of lightning at the kite festival, I think he was like, let's just demonstrate how you acknowledge where you're, without being obnoxious about it. Like, the bears aren't, like, tossing their stuff, they aren't, like, being huge and demonstrative. It's weird that the judge kind of, like, says, like, oh, you believed, you had the faith, and you did it. Like, I don't know, is this a faith kite festival? Like, I don't, like, no wizardry here, bears, we don't want, no, none of that magic, Papa Bear, that you brought in last time. I'm looking at the, no, no, pentagrams for you like i don't think that's the the point they were making i I think it's weird that the judge like brings it up like it should be to me a family thing that mama acknowledges at the end but like that these what i'm saying is they're being as far as a as a as a religious book as a as a living lights book as a book to read to your kids uh, again if you're not looking for religious books then don't get this book like you're not gonna (laughs) stay away from the zonder kids books if you're not looking for something that talks about god just that's X, Y, Z, they talk about God. If you're not looking for a God book to put on your kid's shelves, just avoid the Zonder Kids books. Living Lights, just look at the the, the little, the, the logo is at the bottom. Like, it's always there, Zonder Kids. Uh, this, this isn't a judgment one way or the other. Just if, if that's not what you're looking for, don't buy them. Uh, if you are looking for a religious book, though, the Berenstain Bears do their best, still very much in print. It's a better book than The Big Red Kite. Uh, Mike 
in his in his tweaking of the story in his adding a religious aspect to it he again has taken a very simple and somewhat dull read and turned it into something to talk about something to discuss with your kids if you're looking to discuss faith with your children even if, even if you're not a religious family even um it's a good starting point to discuss what faith means what is faith like at, at its at its fundamental what does that imply does it imply uh, a sense of being beholden to a higher power? Does it imply a sense of being grateful to a higher power? Does it imply a sense of simply taking what you're given from a higher power and sometimes acknowledging it? Is that what it is? Is that faith? The bears work hard in the book. And they do, like the title says, their best. They're not using faith as a, I'll just let God do it, or I'll just trust it'll all work out. They never let their faith cause them to become lazy. They never let their faith lose sight of what is fundamental on earth, which is that kites don't fly without tails. I don't care how much of a God you believe in. They don't let their faith get in the way of doing their best. And that is why the title makes sense. Because it's not the Berenstain Bears keep the faith. It's the Berenstain Bears do their best and they have faith, but they still do their best. And I think that is a great lesson for a family discussing faith with children, discussing religion with children, discussing uh, if you want your child to have some kind of relationship with God, to start from there. Like, what does that mean? And and, exp- and build on that. If it means that you still have to work hard and do your best and study and and insist the laws of physics still work and insist that everything you see in front of you is legit and that... Wind will lift a kite and only keep it stable if there's a tail. And that the the winds, no matter how much you believe, will still destroy a kite if it's not built strong enough. If that is the case, if you have to still live, no matter how much faith you have, if you have to still live with the material, with the way the world is built around you, with with the dirt under your feet and the wind in the air and the rain on your face when you go outside, if you still bring an umbrella outside... When it's raining, no matter how much you believe, no matter how much faith you have, that's a great starting point. Because then you still have to be a good person. It still matters what happens here. And that's a good place to start with kids. It's a good place to start. This book isn't all about who cares if the kite breaks. We're still going to heaven in 50 years or however long bears live. I don't know. That's not the point. The point is we have faith but we still have to deal with what's down here on Earth. That's a good book. That's a good book. So the Berenstain Bears do their best. I give it a thumbs up uh, as far as like the Zonder Kids books go. It's a good lesson. It's not heavy-handed. You can look up some Proverbs and stuff. I looked up so much in Proverbs today, you wouldn't even believe. I wasn't, I was, I was Proverbs nuts. I was, there's, there's, Nowhere in the Bible does it say God helps those who helps them, help themselves. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like passages that kind of hint around that. Uh, but they're a little more judgy than that, and they're kind of couched within other contexts. So there's like some stuff in like there's some stuff in Proverbs that kind of touches on that, but there's some stuff in like I think First Timothy that touches on that. Uh, but again, it's it's a little wishy washy as so many things are when you try to pick them and lift them and make them apply to books about bears. So uh, if you want to teach your kids about stuff like this, go out. The books are still in print. Go out, pick up the Zonder Kids book. The Berenstain Bears do their best. It's, it takes like five minutes to read. It's very short. Cute.
nicely illustrated. There's a big red kite in it. Still, big red kite, even though it's not called the big red kite. My name is Phil Gonzalez, and you have been listening to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I have this have been doing this show for about two years now, if you can believe it. We're we're edging up on number one hundred in a few. Well, I guess it would be a couple of months. In a couple of months, we'll be edging up on number one hundred. But what we really are edging up on is March nineteenth at the Moon Palace Books Bookstore in South Minneapolis. March nineteenth, Sunday at ten a.m. I will be hosting a live show about the Berenstain Bears and The New Neighbors. It is a book about welcoming people into your community. It is a book about welcoming people who do not represent the majority into your community. It is about the prejudices we have within us and how those reflect badly on us when we are interacting with new people whose cultures we don't understand, whose lifestyles we don't understand, whose outward appearances we may not understand. And as such, I will be having three amazing guests on. I'll talk about them more in the future. Uh, Three guests who will speak to the bizarreness of the Berenstain Bears' new neighbors. It's kind of a jokey little book. People toss it out there like, remember when Papa Bear got all racist? And I want to go a little deeper than that. I want to touch on what it means to be a good neighbor and what it means to be a not-so-good neighbor and how good people, people with good hearts who are generally, genuinely fine people can let their prejudices get the worst of them. And what we can do to welcome people into our communities, even if we don't quite understand where they're coming from. Because goodness knows we can all do a better job at that. So that's what we're gonna be covering. There'll be lots of LARFs, lots of fun. Again, three amazing guests. I'll be covering them, posting a post. I'll be posting on Facebook a uh, uh, an event notice so you'll know where it is. If you live in the Twin Cities or in the surrounding area, you'll be able to come to Moon Palace Books uh, March 19th, 10 a.m. Sunday. So if, you know, if you're going to church, maybe that's a little hard, but that's the best time I could find. And the people at Moon Palace are amazing, and they're really excited about this. I'm really excited about this. So uh, if you have any questions about it, go on Facebook, follow Deep in Bear Country. That's where I'll be posting everything about it. I'll be posting updates about it. If you've read The Berenstain Bears and The New Neighbors, please post on the Deep in Bear Country Facebook page any thoughts you've had about it, any uh, any reflections you have on the subject at hand. So write in uh, to Deep in Bear Country on Facebook, and we will, we will have a great show. Uh, otherwise, uh, I will be covering more Cub Club books. I'm really enjoying talking about how Mike is rewriting these or rewrote these books to fit into the Zonder Kids. I'm enjoying them a lot more than I thought I was going to. So uh, I'll be covering more Cub Club books in the future. I'll have more guests on in the future. We'll be getting back into the first time reader books soon enough. And I will see all of you next week deep in bear country.